I've got my mind made up And I won't turn back Cause I'm going to see my stop what's in our hearts. Amen. Welcome you all this morning, this beautiful resurrection morning here in Edmonton. And the sun is shining out there, but I tell you, our God is living in here. Amen. You know, I'll just ask you to have your seats for a moment. Brother Ray, if you want to just have a seat, I'll have the musicians. We'll sing another song yet. But um, I want to say God bless you to all of you that are both seen and unseen. Um, if you'd see the sanctuary here, I want to just again thank our deacons and our trustees and all the technicians that have worked so tirelessly to make all of this happen. These things are a bit of a strain on people um, and to make sure it all works, but I, I should sure see how God has pulled it together. And uh, we have people in the sanctuary here in accordance with the guidelines. We have people in the balcony. We have people in the uh, little fellowship downstairs, and uh, they're all connected. I was just down there a few minutes ago, and they're saying amen just the same as you're saying amen. So wherever you are in your home or wherever it is, just connect and allow the Lord to speak. We had a tremendous service last night, and we just thank God. Brother, the Spencers had shared how the atmosphere was just tremendous in the service as it was preached. And last night after we left here, I mean, we, we could bear witness. This was, the Spirit of the Lord was here last yeah. night. Amen. And I had three separate texts from different places outside of Edmonton. They said, what a tremendous atmosphere. Yeah. Well, how did that atmosphere move from here to there to there? Yeah. It's the omnipotent God. Amen. That's how. Yeah. <laughs> we thank God for it. So many things came together. And I just wanted to take a moment here before we switch over um, many things came together to make this. It was about a month ago. Uh, I had been burdened in prayer, maybe more so for Brother Ron. And, uh, and then I had tuned into a service he'd preached on Father's Day, which was entitled, I Must Get to Jesus. And Brother Ron borrowed inspiration from Brother Branham how people would drive hours and hours to get to a service. And he, he just began to be moved upon. It was a tremendous service. Brother Ron was actually weak. He had not been ministering regularly. And even he was dizzy there in the pulpit. But 
the Spirit of the Lord began to come upon him. And I believe they even shared after that the pillar of fire had been visible in the meeting. That's how real our God is. We might not see him, but I'll say it. He's just as real today. So after that service, I, I, it just started to come on my heart. And Brother Harold and I talked about the possibility of doing something like this. And Brother Harold felt it was the will of the Lord as well. And we started a process where we contacted Brother Ron, and then who still was going through difficult times. And we also spoke to Brother Andrew because we wanted a realistic opinion of this was even available or an option. And Brother Andrew shared and, and said that his dad was getting his strength. So when we began to look at this, we look at it both ways. It's, it's not just for us but it's also for them and for Brother Ron and that that God would work on both ends. Amen. And so we, we began to uh, do that. And so, uh, Sister Ruth, could you just put that PowerPoint up for a moment? I, I want to be able to just share with you a little bit of the timeline because what you're seeing today is Brother Ron Spencer, but, but this... If you could look at what's happened in the last six to seven months, just as an appreciation. So this, it was six, seven months ago that Brother Ron was diagnosed with cancer. I believe it was in the lungs at the time. And before they ever had a chance to initiate treatment, they found two tumors in the brain, which turned out to be cancer. And they had to go in and operate on that. So... That first operation, I believe it was the end of February, March, and this was just um, shortly after that operation, and this is when Brother Ron was, was just there at the hospital. This is his uh, children with him, and this is right after his first brain surgery. Now, we're not talking, this is the brain. This is an organ that, that, that directs and leads in the whole body. This is Brother Ron at that time. Then... The, the, the next, this is just a few days after he came home, four days after brain surgery, he's at home. And this is Brother Ron, just, you know, his smile. This is him sitting at home in his place in Virginia there. And, and then it was, it was not long after they had to go back to the hospital. This is March 17th. And Brother Andrew shares, these were dark days. He said... The doctors told them the more surgeries you have on the brain, the more you lose. And it was also at a time when the COVID was cracking down and even family members couldn't go to the hospital. And Brother Andrew felt so compelled. He said, I got on my suit, I dressed the best I could, and I walked in there with faith, determined to lay hands on my dad and pray for him. And he went in and he prayed for him. He was able to make it in. He says, I don't know how to this day because they weren't letting anybody in. And he said, he went in and he says, under a commission to lay hands on the sick and they will be healed. Amen. So he did that. Um, this is just, just at the time of the operation. Now this is just after the operation. And this is the second brain surgery that he had. And here's Sister Connie. Now I, I don't know if you can appreciate the other side of this what Sister Connie has gone through. But we remember her, and we thank God for the warriors that the Spencer family are. Amen. After Brother Ron came home, this was two days later after the second surgery, what was he doing? He was studying. 
preparing for a service. And uh, it took a little while, but uh, on May the 3rd, he was able to be back in his own home church together with his sons here, and he began to speak for the first time. This is May the 3rd. Now, just look at where, what's happened here in, in the space of all this time. And then it was, was not long after that that he, he shared something where he said he'd spoke a service 20 years ago entitled, You Are a Champion. And he said he got a letter from a sister who was a single mother, I believe. She'd worked two jobs. She wrote him this lengthy letter, and she heard he was going. He says, I'm reminded of how I was encouraged by the Lord. And she says, I just want to tell you, Brother Ron, you're a champion. <laughs> and Brother Ron says, it so spoke to him. And he says, I, no matter how down he felt, he says, that's the way he began to approach it. And so it was after that he spoke this message I must get to Jesus, and even though he was weak, and, and God moved on his heart that he, he also had to take a journey. It was at this time Sister Karen Pruitt had gone through a brain surgery as well, and Brother Ron, even in his state, felt, I've got to go. And they went, and they took a 17-hour trip with Brother Andrew, a couple brothers from the church, and they got to Louisiana. And if you haven't heard a chance to hear the service Brother Andrew preached there, he said, Oh, King, I'll see you in the morning. I'll say, God was in this. And as part of that, there was a prayer meeting they had with three young men uh, in the church. They were, I think, Brother Pruitt's grandsons. The Holy Ghost came down and baptized them in such a supernatural way. Friends, God is moving. Amen. And I think what you need to say is, no matter how it goes today, you say, this is a miracle happening yes. before us. Amen. And I say, it's not just for Brother Ron. It's for every one of us. Amen. You can turn that off, sister. Thank you. And I, I just wanted to say today, let's, let's appreciate what God is doing. There's an unseen hand that's working. But I believe God is moving. We, we saw that last night. God is moving. So, Amen. Brother Ray, if you would come up. We're going to just uh, sing maybe one more song, and then we're going to turn it over. Let's just sing The Move Is On. Let's stand together, and we'll just remain standing as we, we, they change the order of the service. The Move Is On. I believe it's on. Amen. Brother Andrew spoke a service here on uh, God's Moving. I, what would you title it? What was your service? I can't hear you. No, no, the, the, the one about the move. You don't, he, <laughs> man, it must have meant a lot to you, didn't it? <laughs> it moved he, on. <laughs> he was going to speak part two on the move is on, I think, or something. And, and Brother Andrew Spencer spoke it last night. He said, I don't need to speak hey. it anymore. So, okay, there it goes. Now he's, it's coming to him. So, he's not as young as you think. <laughs> Let's sing this. Let's enter in this morning. Amen. Let's thank God for all he's done for us. Brother Ray, lead us if you will. The move is on, my Lord. The move is on. The move is on, my Lord. The move is on. Oh, I can hear the rustle in the mulberry tree. And I know, I know, I know the move is on.
bless you, musicians. Thank you. Just, just remain standing. To welcome in the people from Edmonton to be a part of these services and the believers there at End Time Message Tabernacle. Amen. Let's just worship this morning. Let's sing that song. Our God is tremendous. Amen. You can help me out with the words there. Amen. Amen. When I'm in need, I call on the Lord. And He hears me. Yes, He helps me. He is faithful and true. Won't forget His own. Hallelujah. 
what a great love story. Before we turn it over to Brother Ron today, let's sing that song, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. It's amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. at this time to welcome God's servant, Brother Ron Spencer. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that years. seated a moment. God bless you to, to my family in, in Edmonton, Canada as well this morning. We certainly love you with all of our hearts and Brother Harold and Sister Leanne and Brother Ed and Sister Sandy and Brother Moses that minister there. What a team that they have and what a group of people that they have there. We certainly love you with all of our hearts as well as the people here. <clears throat> you know, sometimes Satan thinks he's got us all buffaloed. And uh, it just seems like you can't be in touch with one another, but God knows how to arrange things. And so, amen, we love you with all of our hearts and we love you there. We wish we could be there. 
they've they've got me restricted flying right now for the for the time being because of the tumors and and different things but i believe that will resolve itself before long and so I'd like to thank you. Uh, this will be my first time addressing you in Edmonton, but I'd like to thank you for your prayers over the last months. And I remember 12 years ago, you prayed for me that when I came through the burns that my face would not be disfigured. And um, you prayed as a body of believers, Brother Harold, who has been my buddy hero for so long. And, and we've traveled and did a lot of things together. And and um, and so we, Brother Harold, had you as an audience to pray that my face would not scar in the burns, and and um, it didn't. And we thank the Lord for that. <clears throat> I don't know particularly what you prayed for on this journey, but over the last six months since about Christmas, when we were diagnosed with cancer and then stage four and brain cancer and then lung cancer. I don't know particularly what part that you decided to pray for, but I'd like to thank you for praying for that part. And Amen. What you don't realize, only a few weeks ago, I was hardly able to stand in the pulpit to speak, but this morning I feel strong as I did in December. And I'm thanking the Lord for that. Hallelujah. It's a paradox. We're just at the primp just before they double the chemo and you know, the medicine is the same, but you see, a couple of weeks ago, we were inspired to make a trip 17 hours and to be with Brother Tim Pruitt and his wife and the situation that is going on there. But it was during the service, just previous before that, that I must get to Jesus. You know, sometimes God could heal us right exactly where we are. But I felt that inspiration in the middle of the night that spoke to me you spoke it. <clears throat> and it seemed like an insane trip. But and I spoke to Andrew about it. And he made the arrangements very quickly. And, and Brother Alden and Brother Adam quickly uh, uh, agreed to drive that trip secretly. Because nobody else wanted me to make such a trip as that. But I just felt on my heart I had to get, get there. And it was in a prayer meeting on Tuesday night that the Lord came in a supernatural way and did an incredible work for us. And we, since that night, it's not been the same. Amen. Amen. So you continue to pray for us as we we journey through the different curves, and we certainly love you. This is your body as well, and we as uh, from Virginia love you with all of our hearts. And you know, we didn't have to buy a ticket. Amen. We didn't have to eat airplane food. Amen. Uh, we didn't have to worry about being on a schedule. 
we're not sleeping in a hotel room. Hallelujah. And we're going to have service together here this morning. Amen. Amen. Brother Harold felt that this was the will of the Lord, and I just felt an unction of the Spirit of God as we begin to make some preparations. And I, Andrew, as Andrew, as you know, does most of our preparing now, and what an awesome job that he did last night. But uh, the things that he does behind the scenes is just incredible, and and in this season of life, he's just been a, a lifesaver to me. And uh, I thought last night was as good as I've ever heard him preach. And so, amen, I hope you enjoyed it there in Edmonton. <clears throat> this was already on my heart before I knew anything about the Edmonton meetings. And so I believe that this morning is going to be epic for not just here, but for Edmonton and a lot of places. And so, and so I began. And I want to lay a little groundwork for not just Edmonton, but also for you. When God inspires us to speak a sermon, God uses man. He doesn't, he doesn't use a piano to speak his word. He doesn't use a guitar. He uses man. And he uses us to speak. And many times it's even in prophetic words that he is using. And sometimes we're sitting in a service and cannot fathom what he's doing, even as a speaker. Even as a speaker, we don't understand what he's doing in the moment that he's doing it until that we can look back and see that God was orchestrating some events. How many of you have ever sat in a service to where that, that you were sitting there and you maybe went 30, 40 minutes in a service and then all of a sudden you realized he's talking to me. He's the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the hearts. He, he knows exactly what's going on and he can gather thousands of people together and yet be so intimate till he comes to you in that service and you go, did they pick out that service just for me? So last year I was, I was just being pushed toward, driven toward a, a thought and that thought I would deliver it in a, in a couple of different places, one of which would be Edmonton. And uh, in Edmonton, I would speak it, and I think it was one of the first places that I spoke it. And I think I came home and spoke it later here. <clears throat> and that sermon would be, take it back. Now, I, I don't want to do this by redundance, but I, but I want to look back at that being prophecy, and I want to look at this as being fulfillment. Because I would say that there's very few people has been through what we have been through in the last six months. 
one side of the trial and now on the other side of the trial with a lot of with a lot of uncertainty in front and Satan saying a lot of things in front of us. But we're going to make a declaration. Hallelujah. And I feel anointed to make a declaration. It's time to pursue it. Amen. And overtake it. Amen. And have a full restoration. Amen. Could you agree with us this morning? Amen. Let's stand to our feet this morning and we just want to share some scriptures with you. <clears throat> now, I, I, I have a very good feeling that I'm not the only one in this boat. And so if Satan stole some stuff from you, today's a good day. Oh, yeah. To put him on notice. This is more than a service, this is more than a sermon. This is more than a preacher. We're just not any church. We're the bride of Jesus Christ. And this is an open book. And we're people of the open book. And every promise in this book is mine. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. Do I sound strong enough, Brother Jordan? Good. Bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. Don't sound like no sick man, do I? Amen. Amen. Psalms 23 and 1. The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. Amen. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures, and he leadeth me beside of the still waters. And he restoreth my soul, and he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Wow, here's a scripture we're fulfilling. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Not my friends. I know. Yes, sir. Not my friends. Not my buddies. No. Oh, they're with me. But Jesus is with me. Amen. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with all in my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow Amen. me all the days of my life. Amen. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Amen. You may be seated, and may the Lord bless the reading of his word bless this him, morning. Use it, Lord. I want to go to the end of the book. In, in Revelations 21 and verse 1, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were, were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. How many of you believe that you're a part of that promise? Yes, sir. 
before we go any further this morning. Yes, sir. Absolutely. In the infinite mind of God, I'm a part of that promise. Amen. So if he could get you here. Come on. Come on, preacher. Go ahead. If he could watch over all your gene seed all the way since Adam and he could get you here. Come on, preacher. Yes. Can he get you there? Yes. Absolutely. Hallelujah. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death. Neither sorrow. The crime. As human beings, we can't compromise. Even comprehend. A world with no death. No tears of agony. No sorrow. No dying. We cannot compromise, even comprehend a forest with, a, with no dead leaves laying at it. Not one blade of grass dead. No rose wilted. But we're headed to such a land. He that setteth upon the throne says, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, these words are true and faithful. God says, These words that I have just spoke to you, John, are true and faithful. And he said unto me, it is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, and I will give unto them that is a thirst of the fountain of water of life freely. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. He that overcometh shall I in shall inherit all things. Chris, this is for you. Yes, sir. Won't you call your name? This is for me. And I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Now, the one that wrote it like that is also the one that wrote it like this in Psalms 27. Through David, his prophet, the, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Of whom shall I feel? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked and even mine enemies and my foes came upon me to eat my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I'll never lose my focus, no matter how bad the battle. Amen. Oh. Come on, church. So many people blame everybody around them because of their battle because of their discouragement, because of what they're going through. Never lose your focus because of what you're going through. Amen. Amen. That's right. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me 
in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. And now shall my head be lifted up above my enemies round about. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing. I will sing praises unto the Lord. Not the choir will sing for me or my favorite singers will sing for me. But in the midst of all of the trouble when the world is falling apart, political systems are falling apart, churches are falling apart, people are falling apart. Yes. You're right. Amen. Come on, church, stay with me. I will encourage myself. I will stop when I'm the only one standing there by myself. I will begin to sing. I will begin to lift my spirit. I will begin to fellowship with Almighty God. For in the time of trouble, in in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Jesus is standing at this door. And knocking, and if any man will hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. Now notice these words. To him that overcometh. Not to him that survives. Not to him that just makes a way or to him that serves God on Sunday. And then it's different the rest of the... Come on. But to him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne even as I also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne. Revelations chapter 12, forgive me. He says, and I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, now there comes a junction. Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our Lord and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. You gotta take this personal. Nobody's going to overcome for you but you. I want you to say this with you. Nobody's going to overcome for me but me. This is my hour and this is my time. You are what you are when you're by yourself. This rapture is about you and God. It is individual. No accidental rapture, people. Come on, preacher. No accidental rapture, people. No last minute. Are you with me now? Come on and help me preach. You're going to have to overcome. You're going to have to fight. You're going to have to battle. 
that off. You're going to have to take the word of God and strip the devil. You're going to have to do it. You're going to have to take the word of God and whip the devil as it comes into your life. Absolutely, brother. Amen. This ain't magic. This ain't some special spell or some special recipe. This ain't just magic quotes, magic words. This isn't some myth of Hollywood. This is not church anity. Amen, You have been placed in Laodicea. The wickedest condition the world has ever seen. It is a world that put Jesus outside of the door and said they don't need him in their home, in their churches, in their governments. They took their Ten Commandments down and told God they didn't need it and churches became weak pulpits. Men became sissies. Are you with me? Don't blame it on the governors. Don't blame it on the presidents. Don't blame it on the kings overseas. Come on, church. We have... We are reaping the seeds that have been sowed. But God also made some sowing. He has sowed a bride in this end time that will not bend and will not bow. But she will take the word of God and she will prevail over this dark Laodicean age. And she will be the final voice to the final age. coming down the road. People do this, people do that, and people dress this way, and people dress that way, and people have that kind of music, and people are caught up with this, and people are caught up with that. And I just finally said to, to Sister Connie and Sister Nancy, I said, well, Jesus had some words for that. Jesus was on his way to the cross, and people were doing everything in the world, and people are doing all of that, and doing all of that. And the disciples were talking about it and Jesus just spoke up and said, what is that to you? What is it to you? What is it to you? Let's just examine it just a moment. Oh, but my loved ones are doing that. They're dust. Don't you know they're just nothing but cosmic dust? And if they don't reach for mercy, there's a hell. Yes, sir, but they are sending themselves there. Yes, sir. That's it. It's not you. It's not you. They rejected the light. You accepted the light and they rejected the light. And it puts you on two complete different paths. Amen. Even 
Charles Spurgeon would say, they're just dust. Bless him, Lord. I'm supposed to take it easy. <laughs> Romans 8 and verse 31. <clears throat> what shall we then say to these things? Now let's just look at where we're at just now. And I, I don't want to spend 30 minutes here, but let's just look at where we're at right now with the world falling apart. But it's supposed to do that. But the bride has been gathered and we were supposed to be gathered. And where did he gather us from? From all ends of the earth. We didn't gather ourselves to this message. God gathered us to this message. Amen. And we heard a voice and it was real. And that voice gathered us to this word. And we just recognized the word. And the word spoke volumes to us. And it became real. So he gathered us. You thought you were in control of your life. And then you recognized God was in control. Then we recognized that we were pre-planned before the foundation of the world. We recognized we were in the mind of God. We recognized that we're part of an orchestration that God has taken part in. And whether it was Abraham or Sarah or Rahab or Nehemiah or Jeremiah or Nahum or Gomer or, or for whatever matter their names were called in the scripture, whether it was Shamgar that would defeat 600 men. And, and of all of the entire Bible, God uses one scripture to tell his life story. Or it was at the woman at the well that Brother Branham would use night after night after night. And she goes to a well and she's had five husbands. And the one she's living with is not her husband. But she goes to the well and Jesus sends his disciples away. And Jesus goes to the well and waits on her. He was gathering the seed. Yes. Amen. And that's what he's even doing today. He's gathering his seed. Amen. 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 And in a matter of a little bit of a conversation, she recognized this is the Messiah. Well, Brother Ron, I don't know how that new birth works. Let me just say, you can't meet Jesus and walk away the same person. No, sir. Amen. Hallelujah, I don't understand all the mysteries. You can't make Jesus of this word and walk away the same person. Oh, you might say, I don't know how all that fits together, how I fit in it. But let me just say this to you, God's got a plan for your life. Thank you, Lord. Amen. If God be for us, who can be against us? Now we're just laying some things down here. It's going to be good. Amen. 
And he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Now you thought I was just being a little dyslexic reading my words slow. He's telling you, Brother Nathaniel, there's nothing in the book he will hold. Nothing. 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 Are you catching that? Then why can't we believe for all things? <laughs> then why can't we believe for all things? But Brother Ron, some things are impossible. Are they? Are they? No. Are they? Are they? Are they? Look at your neighbor. Are they? Come on. Where's it? What about his grace? Preach it. What about his grace? Don't be surprised at this very last end as we're coming toward the rapture days as we're coming in. People that come to the well that are so disqualified. That have such filthy lives. That are so sin scarred. Until you would you would probably in normal life not sit nowhere near them in a restaurant, much less church. But God so rich in mercy. There's a table that's got to be full. Right. Amen. And he said, go to the hedges and the highways and bid them to come. Just invite them. Just invite them. And your invitation spake something to their hearts. And they go, I believe I will. I can speak volumes right there. Verse 37, nay, and all these things were more than conquerors to him that loved us. For I am persuaded, this is Paul's writings, for I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor things to come, nor things to come, 
Go ahead and say it. Nor things to come. Satan keeps telling you he's going to make a blow at you. Nor things to come. And I'm saying it personally. Nor things to come. Nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Last year I read a scripture, and I'm not going to go back and reread the scriptures, but it was in 1 Samuel chapter 30, and it was where the Amalekites, David came back from, from incredible victory. And they were all, all of his men were shouting and all of them were singing and all of them were dancing and all of them were doing great things and they were all happy and they were on their way home. Andrew. And they were on their way home and they, were, they had had an incredible victory. All of us enjoy incredible victories. All of us enjoy victories. We all enjoy having testimony services and song services after we've just had a victory. But you fight a Philistine and the Philistine will stand out front and he'll boast and he'll brag and he'll tell you how big he is and he'll tell you what he's going to do to you. But remember, you got a sling. Remember, you got five stones. There you go. There You've you go. met his kind before. Yes, sir. But David on his way home as a type for us. On David on his way home, the Amalekites had came and destroyed his homes, his wives, and taken all of their possessions. That's right. Not just the king, but taken every man that had been away and all of, of the company of Israel had taken all their goods. You know, that's what the enemy wants to do. He don't want to just make you sick. He wants to kill you. He don't want to just turn you and get you out of church. He wants to lead you into sin and get you into real trouble and to destroy your life. slave out of you. He wants to do a lot of things to you. If he can just get your focus off just a little bit. And if you remember last year as we were standing in Edmonton and I was preaching to you that David stood there and now his men as they were standing on the ashes of their homes. These homes had had a had had where the Spirit of God had been there with them and they had danced and shouted, read the scriptures together and enjoyed the presence of God. But now their wives were gone, their children were gone, their treasures was gone, their families was gone, their environment was gone, and they're standing on the ashes. And now the men want to turn against the leader because the enemy has done this to them proves to us that you cannot lose your focus and you must keep it on God. Amen. Amen. Edmonton, especially at your place, I read to you and I tried to recount it this last couple of days of how many scriptures that I read, but I read hundreds of scriptures to you about and David encouraged himself. Now, 
sin before a trial. No doubt that that sermon blessed many people. And I got many letters and many calls and many texts over that sermon of how that it touched people's lives. Now if it would do it then, I want to come back and touch it now. I want to come back and touch it now. Remember when I stood there and I began to say to us, it's our responsibility to take it back. The words of God was, take it back. This is where David has to encourage himself. As I look back, God was speaking prophetically, not just to me, but to many others. Speaking to the bride of Jesus Christ, sending it around the world. We are people of the open book. We are the bride. We're not just a church. We are the bride. We have not been gathered to the personality of a man. We're not man followers. We're not a cult. We're the bride of Jesus Christ. Jesus is lifted in our midst and none of us. Because where Jesus is, I will draw all men unto me. God will not tolerate worship to no man or to no image. He must be to him and him alone. Amen. Absolutely, brother. Just as the first commandment would be. As I look back, standing on that platform there, and now I sit here today, And I've thought over the last couple of weeks as it's time for this sermon to be preached and God just kept bringing it back up, not knowing that Edmonton would be a part of this, as well as other congregations that God has inspired me to speak this to. The last time that I would speak such a sermon like this was at Brother Biskels and Brother Tom Ray's. And God would do much work there in that service. Sometimes we think a service is just a service. And I just want to, just now I want to focus something so that these next few minutes will become real. When is a service more than just a service? At Brother Joe Green's, I would speak a service and I would feel some resistance in the service. And I would just stop feeling it. And I would feel some things and I'm very cautious about how things are. God's not a showman for nobody. And as I begin to make some statements that if the audience don't want it, God will operate behind a curtain. Amen. If an audience is not receptive to it, God will, God will move behind the curtain. And the service takes place and, and, and a few come to the altar and I pray for them and one of them was Sister Sharnick. And Sister Sharnick had, 
had, had suffered sugar diabetes for many years in her life and God just come and touched her body right there in the service and then another sister right behind her got a supernatural touch and it just happened right in the corner and then another young lady and I just turned around and, 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 and I never I don't think I even gathered my Bible and I just stepped behind a curtain you were there Matthew was there Alden you were there and as I stepped by the height behind the curtain I want you to stand sister Anna your sister was involved. And her sister was sitting there. This could be incredible. And she was, she was standing. And she was standing in that service. Behind that curtain. Nobody could see her back there. Amen. But she was doing work behind the curtains. In the technical booth. And as I passed by and I walked by, all of a sudden something turned me like that. And God spoke to me to go to her. And he began to speak just a couple of things to her that only she would know. And then her husband would know. And I prayed for them that they'd have that child. Was it just a service? Listen, in just a few days, a boy named Charlie is getting ready to be born. would step up and his wife would step up and she stepped before and, 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 and the Lord told her exactly what was going on and then and then and then her husband would stand there and, 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 and God would speak to him he had ran from the Lord for 17 years and God would speak to him he's now preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ Was it just a service? I'd say it was more than a service. Brother Guido, my friend, and many of your friends even in Edmonton would step, would step out and he was standing there and Guido had been in a meeting in South Carolina and while he was in South Carolina, he was standing there amongst about 40, 40 preachers, 60 preachers. God would call Guido's name and tell him, you got a letter in your, in your, in your case, in your hotel, and it's a critic's letter. Pay no attention to it. And he had carried that letter for me to read. Pay no attention to it. Guido would come the next week to, to North Carolina and sit in the mission meetings there at North Carolina. And then, uh, and then standing there, it would be the last time we'd see each other. And standing there as he's watching all of these events happen. And the Lord spoke to him a couple specific things. And then God spoke to him and said, Guido, there's a train coming. It's okay for you to get on it. Amen. Amen. 
Was it me or was it God? Was it me or was it God? This isn't your back is hurting, your belly's hurting. Some man trying to make himself out. Act like Brother Branham. No, it's the same God. If you can just get rid of the scarecrows, it's the same God. It's not just happening here, it's happening around the world. I had a special friend, his name's Terry. Terry was standing there. And as he's standing there, Brother Joe, we'd been friends for many years. As a matter of fact, we were the kind of friends that he had let me hunt in his tree stand. And his boys, all of the years of their growing up, never got to hunt in the tree stand. Brother Joe Green never got to hunt in the tree stand. No other evangelist, pastor, nobody got to hunt in the tree stand. But he let me hunt in his tree stand. Oh. Thank you, Lord. Terry had sat in church for years, decades since they'd been married. And he was an incredible guy. He had an incredible personality. And he'd never give his heart to the Lord. He'd never surrendered. He knew what was right. And he would do some, what you might say, preaching, but he had never surrendered his life to the Lord. And he was standing there and he watched all of those events happen. There that night, this service was more than a service. I hope you're catching some things now. Not just here in Edmonton. Here and in Edmonton. And Terry said, I can serve a God like that. Oh, yeah. Amen. How old was he, Andrew? I'd say 60 couple. I want, to, I want you to ask yourself in Edmonton and now, what have you done with your time? How important is the moment right now? Amen. How important is the moment right now? And Terry had a lot of complexes, but in that moment, he said, I can serve a God like that. Young people, maybe moms and dads that's held back for decades. It don't take it don't take ten minutes. Amen. I wonder if all of the pettiness of life and and the blame games of life and what about you? Can you serve a God like that? Oh, Amen. I grabbed him. Brother Randy, it was in a very emotional moment for me because I realized this was a, 
not just a time moment. This was eternal. Amen. Right. And the seed which God had deposited before the foundation of the world was now having a moment. Two weeks later, Terry would, would find out he had cancer, didn't know it before. And in a couple of months, I would stand at his funeral. Amen. Amen. And they held that funeral till I could be there. And I stood with every confidence, Brother Vernon, that a man could stand with. And say, this man met a real God and stood in a real moment. And his life was changed in that moment, never to go back. Let's just say glory be to God. How important is a moment? It's life or death. Maybe the enemy seems to have destroyed a lot of things in your life. God didn't make me sick. Because God don't make people sick. God didn't make me sick. That was in my DNA. And it started out somewhere. They don't know where it started out. But it started out and maybe it was a place on my face. Maybe it was a place on my leg. And it's in there, and it's been in there for, we don't know, but we know it was at least been in there eight years, is what they're saying. In that eight years, supernatural events have happened while I was there. Now hang with me just a moment. So during that process of time, this body was taking on death. And at the paradox of the same time, some of the most phenomenal miracles that mortal beings can visibly watch, God was doing through the same body. Are you with me? Dead being raised. Cancer's being healed. People coming out of wheelchairs. Death hearing. Vision coming back. Are you with me? High blood pressure, sugar diabetes. And the greatest miracle of all is drunks and prostitutes and drug addicts. And even religious people. 
Hallelujah, which is the greatest miracle of them all. Can get a new birth and a transformation because we're not rehab centers. This is not a place where you come and live with your sins. We are not rehab centers. We are transformation centers. Hallelujah. A paradox where life and death works right side by side. So do we just, when death begins to operate and destroys our homes and destroys months of our lives, do we just stand and say, well, this is the way that it's going to be? Get our bucket list together. Fill it out. And then start to try to fulfill it. Or do we as believers. Say I don't need you to pity me. I need you to rejoice with me. Do we lie and say we don't have a bad day? No. Do we look at our problems and our situations and just say, well, I got it coming to me? No. We just mark those days down as bad days and say, Satan, you tormented me on this day, so now you're guilty. Because God is a just God. And being a just God, he won't even whip the devil. Unless he's got a just cause. And then God says there's no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. Now I might be fighting cancer. But I'm not quitting. I'm not scared of it and I'm not a coward so when you look down the line and there stands Ron Spencer he ain't running he ain't a coward and he ain't turning back Now, I want to ask you, if I can stand here under these conditions, now I'm going to preach to you. What about you? It ain't a time to run. It ain't a time to hide. It ain't a time to turn around. It ain't a time to get slapped. It's time to pursue it. Overtake it. And recover it all. Hallelujah. 
old king, I'll see you in the morning. Now, this might be a simple, simple thought as I close. I'm not going to be long because I, I want it to last. It's up to you. It's up to you. It's up to you. It's up to you. We're not waiting on God to fulfill his part. You're right. Take these off. We're not waiting on God to fulfill his part. Edmonton, we're not waiting on God to fulfill his part. He's done everything that he can do. Amen. It's our turn. But the man said, we're the final voice to the final age. He said, God's looking for thousands of lived voices. Are you with me? But the man said, I'm so glad that a man can so completely serve God until the, serve God until the devil don't know what to do with him. That's what he said. That's what he said. Yes, are you sir. with me? Yes. All of those are powerful quotes. The scripture said, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. It is true. Jesus said, if ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you will. That's it. Amen. When when the boys went down in Acts chapter 3 and said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. This is an action scripture. We are not waiting on somebody else to do the job or somebody else coming. We're here. Yeah. Amen. We're here. You don't have to wait on a blog to come out or some favorite thing to come out. It's you and God. It's you and this message. It's you and the word of God. This message is more than a script. It's more than just words that are poetically put together. But this message is Christ given to the bride of Jesus Christ. Not to be imitated, but to be lived. Satan don't have enough. He don't have enough. He would have already defeated you if he had enough. How many of you this week, the devil's talked to you? Don't listen to him. He's a liar. And he tells you all different kind of things. He would have already took you if you had enough. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. <laughs> oh, brother, I think the devil would have killed, is going to kill me. Well, here's where I want to come down to this morning. 
Brother Ray, we're buddies. But when Satan got the opportunity somewhere, and now I'm closing, because I'm going to go back to 2007 Witness Convention. And I preached there that the devil can't touch a hair of your head until he got permission from God. He cannot touch one red or gray hair of my head until he got permission from God. Amen. That's right, brother. So somewhere, God and him had a conversation. Oh, yeah. And before that I would go through this trial, God said, I got confidence. And it wasn't confidence in the flesh of Ron Spencer or the confidence of it in you, in your flesh, but he had confidence in the seed, Brother William. And that seed has eternal life in it. Are you with me? And God has watched over that seed that he deposited before the foundation world. He's watched over that seed. Thank you, Lord. That seed is eternal. Thank you, Lord. You remember a little bit ago we said, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth. And then God will be with them and God will watch over them and he will be their God and he'll wipe away the tears of their eyes. So he watched over you before the foundation world and he watched over you during your mom and dad and he watched over your grandfather and all the way down the line. He's watched over you now. And he's going to get you there. And you'll go through trials. And God said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you, but I'll be with you to the end of the world. And though this body was kind of discouraged when it heard about that it had three tumors in it and they were all full of cancer and the lungs were full of cancer and the cancer was trying to spread, sure it brings all kind of worry and agony and situation, but God didn't fail me then. He ain't failing me now. scriptures and musicians come without fail recover all did you hear that words without fail without fail I want you to repeat those words with me. Without fail. Without fail. Now, Edmonton, you may not understand, but I'm having to preach short sermons 
This may not have been too short. I don't know how long I preached. Because I'm, because I'm weary in my flesh. But sometimes short sermons are powerful. But I don't know what you're fighting in Edmonton or in Louisiana or in North Carolina or wherever you hear this sermon. This sermon's more than about Ron Spencer. You're watching a miracle. I don't know if you can fathom what we have been through. But my family has been very, has been very good to me. And when I've been laying in the floor and having to be helped to the bathroom, and that can be on days like today, in a moment's notice, Brother Donnie, you know that. I mean, chemo can make you sick, and you can have this stronger day and then take chemo, and in a matter of about 20 minutes, you're, you're in tough shape. But our neighbors don't know anything about it. Our friends don't know anything about it. But this church, many of them know how weak that I've been. But you have watched a miracle happen here in this audience. You've watched a miracle happen. My doctor stood Wednesday and said, you've had the best two weeks in six months. for you. I got years ahead of me. Here's my closing thought. You as a world has watched God perform a miracle in front of your eyes. Now I'm going to say some statements that may take you off your your steps just a moment. Satan can't stop this. Satan can't stop this. I felt your reservation. I felt maybe your unbelief, but Satan can't stop it. So we're going to speak to it. Cancerous tumors have to leave. Now, let me, just, let me just say this. It is nothing to what God's getting ready to do. Listen, what he's doing to my body right now is literally 
kindergarten. You ready for this? You ready for this? It's nothing to what God's getting ready to do. There's been people in the grave for 2,000 years. And you could do their best to try to figure out where they're even buried or where their bodies are. But on resurrection morning, God's going to call their names. And they're coming up out of that grave. He's going to bring their bodies back from the ashes, the gases. Those molecules are going to come back. Hallelujah. And they're going to step into this dimension. Never to die again. Never to suffer again. Never to spend another day in agony. Never, 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 never to go back to that ground ever again. Because there ain't no grave gonna hold my body down. this morning now it's your turn whether it's an altar you need to find whether it's a closet whether it's making things right whatever you got to do take it back hallelujah God bless you God bless you now I go rest said impossible is possible <laughs> they said he never preached like that again boy was they wrong <laughs>
glory. How great is our God. Hallelujah. 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 What a wonderful God we serve. What a wonderful God we serve. I don't know what you got to take back, but if you ain't got courage to take it back now, you'll never have courage. In Edmonton and in Virginia, you ought to have the faith to move mountains right now. And say, there's a God that's here that's working over creation. And he's calling in creation for you to take back everything that the devil stole from you. If he stole your joy, if he stole your peace, if he stole your health, if he stole your life, if he stole your family, if he stole your deliverance, if he stole your happiness, if he stole your family from you, it's a time to pursue it and take it back. We just heard a dead man talk to us. What doctor said is outlived, (laughs) is still preaching. What was it like when Lazarus started testifying? I know what it's like. The splendor of a king. Oh, clothed in majesty. Let all the earth rejoice. All the earth rejoice. He wraps himself in light. And darkness tries. Trembles at his voice, trembles at his voice. How great is our God! Oh, sing with me! How great is our God! And oh, see how great, how great is our God! Oh, age to age, he stands.
Savior God to a wave offering just thanksgiving to his holy name hallelujah we just love the Lord with all of our hearts and all of the fibers of our being we would like to say from a people at Full Gospel Lighthouse Tabernacle to the people at End Time Message Tabernacle and the believers there in Edmonton it has been an honor for us to be able to gather and worship with you in this manner during this time and during this season, may God richly bless you and keep you in the name of the Lord. We now turn that service back on your side over to Brother Ed. God bless you. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. There was one more verse, I think, to that, how great thou art. I think it was the last verse. If you can just put that up. Brother Ray, you'll have to take your pulpit and put it back. It's right behind you. <laughs> how many appreciate the Spirit of the Lord this morning? Oh, isn't God good? Isn't he wonderful? My, oh, my. I can't say wow, wow today. I just have to say awesome. Awesome. Friends, the things that are before us are incredible. The Spirit is expressing it. We are stepping into eternity. We are stepping into the greatest hour that has ever been. God is going to show himself to be God. He's a God in Virginia. He's a God in Canada. He's in USA. He's in Africa. He's in India. He's in the Philippines. He's God. And we are his people. Thank you. Lord. When Christ shall come. When Christ shall come. We shall
Blessed be his name. Blessed be his name. My. You can't take courage from that. I think Brother Andrew put it well when he was closing. We just witnessed Lazarus speaking again. <laughs> Wonderful. Praise God. Amen. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. Oh, would you be free from the burden of sin? There's power in the blood. There's Yes, there is power. 